on today's Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Suns crossover. Let's talk about the Suns. Why are they so good? Who are they going to defend Luka with? And what are they going to try to force the Mavs to do to win this series? Talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Suns. Let's I'm go. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavs podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Bang! Bang! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! If you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. On to the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. My name is Nick Angstead. I'm the media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, host of Locked On Mavs. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs and Locked On Suns your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where the best thing you can do right now is subscribe to the show and leave a comment below. Mavs fans, Locked On Mavs listeners, Raccoon Squad members, you know what to do under Locked On Suns videos. And uh, leave a comment under Lockdown Maps as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And joining me, as always, my co host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the sultry sun, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, I didn't. Did y'all send the, the, the Zoom link to David Locke? I didn't know if the Jazz were supposed to be or. Um, yeah, I forgot okay. to set it up I with him this time. I didn't. Jake Madison going to show up, Lockdown Pelicans? No. <laughs> I forgot that, you know, Locke has more free time right now. <laughs> Brendan Clean, it's so good to see you. This is like, we're hyped that it's a second round, but are you just riding into year two of this saying, it's just a second round? I've been here. Ben, this, he's been this. here, done that. He's an old pro now. Yeah, it's bet, been one, one year of some playoff success. Been there, done that. You're puffing me up so that the Mavs fans <laughs> that listen to you guys think that I think that, and I do not think that. This Are you is, thinking about uh, 2006? You know, that, that was a good series. That was a good series. Yeah, look, I uh, <laughs> we're not getting into history. We're not getting into the 2018 draft. <laughs> because it's because, because there right is none. now. It's just right now. It's just let's, Monday, let's, game one. Let's talk about our title years and like okay. compare like the, the title runs. What's that like? I don't Suns fans don't know. Yeah, you can none, tell of the Mer- none of the Mercury like. titles count for this for the Suns either. But. Hold on. I think I got a Lucas Suns jersey. Oh, Oh no, no. I'm sorry. It's just Barkley back there. All right. The voice you're hearing is Brennan Clean, host of Locked On Suns. On today's show, we're going to focus on the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk about what makes the Suns tick. Why are the Suns so incredibly good in the regular season? Let's start with the question we've kind of all been asking. Mikhail Bridges, the best defender, best wing defender, maybe best overall defender on the Suns. Who does he guard, Luka or Brunson? I think he guards Brunson to start games. But things change really quickly. I mean, we just got off a Pelican series where some of the best moments Bridges had was actually when he guarded Ingram in games five and six after struggling to do that in game one through four. So, look, in the NBA right now, especially with how the Mavs play, how the Suns play, it's going to be a ton of switching. But I think Crowder starts on Luka, and I think McHale's going to start on his former teammate, his former champion teammate, uh, Jalen Brunson. His, his body. Brunson, Brunson has this incredible tweet that I found that I found the other day. Uh, Bridges responded to him one day and said, boy, you can barely dunk. And Brunson respond, quote tweeted it and said, you got picked 10 and you're supposed to be a defensive stopper, but you can't even guard me. That was in 2019. So we'll, we'll see if that one comes back to haunt him in this. But Isaac, what, what changes if, if Mikhail Bridges guards Luka or if he guards Brunson to start games at, at least? 
Uh, well, one, real quick. I tweeted out a video today of Brunson walking to the AAC wearing a Mavericks jersey back in 2019. He Bridges. was wearing he was, Bridges. Yeah, wearing Bridges. It. He was wearing Brunson's Mavericks jersey. Just shows how <laughs> close of friends they are. So it should be a, a fun matchup for them. But, um, you know, it, it just it goes into what we we talked about this on yesterday's pod of you know teams sometimes try to take these two different approaches to the Mavs. Do they try to take out Luca and let the other guys beat him, or do they try to take out the other guys and say Luca, you just cook and get your forty? And I was leaning towards kind of what you're saying that I think they'd put, especially with Brunson having such a good start to the playoffs that they'd put Bridges on Brunson just try to take him out. And then put Crowder, Cam Johnson, whoever it is on Luca, and realize, hey, I get it. There were some people in our comments yesterday saying, oh, if they put Crowder, Luca's going to torch him. Yeah, he will. He'll torch Crowder. But I think at some point you have to kind of pick and choose what you're going to kind of give up. And I feel like the Suns will do that, but I could be wrong on that. Well, here's the other part of it, too, is, and we're going to get to Booker's health eventually, I'm sure. That's the other guy who would guard Brunson. When you saw at times, you know, when KP was out of the game in the last regular season matchup or even different teams besides the Mavs, Booker is kind of that second perimeter guy. I mean, he was guarding Middleton at times in the finals last year when Bridges wasn't in there. Like, that's that's the guy they go to, and he has a hamstring injury right now. So I don't think you want to try to have him maneuver on the perimeter guard Brunson for, you know, 20 minutes. Tell us about the change in Booker as a defender because we just got done hearing Rudy Gobert and his comments. I don't know if you guys saw that story today where Gobert, the comments about, you know, well, look at Devin Booker. Why can't, basically, why can't Donovan Mitchell be like Devin Booker who's became this defensive guy? You know, tell us about his transformation from being like, he was terrible defensively to start his career. And now you're saying he guards the second best perimeter defender. Usually does. I mean, again, some of that is that trickle down, right? You don't want Chris Paul doing it. So it's not to say like Booker's going to be an all defense guy like next season or anything, but it is way better than it was. I mean, I think it's just being an older player, really. I mean, he has decent length. He has good size, like for a two guard, especially in the NBA right now, he's pretty big. He's strong. He's physical. He, he fights. He plays with good energy. He just transferred a lot of that stuff from offense to defense. And look, it helps when you have, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges around you. You just have to kind of make the right rotations, fight through screens, do your job, and and that's really what he's done. He's a good help defender too. He's he's gotten better there. You know, on the ball again. Is he gonna? Am I saying he's gonna stop Br- Brunson, put the clamps on him? No, but he's usually the guy they put there. And uh, you probably I don't want to say hide Booker, but you want to make his job a little easier at least until you know what his health looks like. I went back and watched a little bit of that January 20th game uh, earlier in the season, that last matchup between them. And yeah, I mean, like you said, like Porzingis was still on the team, like Tim, you know, was still playing. He hadn't got hurt yet. It was a whole different Mavs team. And you almost have to, we were saying on yesterday's pod, but you almost kind of got to write off these, those three matchups this year because who was playing, who was it? It was before the trade for Dallas. But I was looking at just some of the matchups to start the game. And like you said, they start off with Booker on Jalen Brunson. I thought a, an underrated thing that I forgot at the time was Dallas started the game with Maxi on Chris Paul. And we were talking mm-hmm. on yesterday's pod of how we think something I'm watching is Dorian Fitty Smith, who's an amazing defender for us this year. Amazing, a perfect three and D guy for a playoff team. And like he will naturally, I think it's naturally he'll line up with Booker, but how much will they put Dorian Finney Smith's size and length on Chris Paul because that was obviously something Dallas tried to do earlier in the season of hey let's put length let's put a bigger guy on Chris Paul uh, to kind of you know try to bother him there I wonder if Dorian will get some cracks at at, at Chris early I think so I mean it speaks to the switching right it speaks to on both sides how much switching there's going to be 
And look, the Suns, like Dallas has Maxi as a switch guy. He's obviously a little more versatile, a little smaller, but the Suns are willing to do that with Aiton too. They'll, they'll leave Aiton on quote unquote an island against Luca. They'll do it against Brunson. You maybe not every possession, but yeah. they're not afraid if there's eight seconds on the clock to just let that sit there. And, and Aiton's held up a lot of the time. So it's going to be you both have, And you have Tory Craig, who's an all-world yeah. defender. <laughs> quote, from wow. the Athletic, quote, can guard Luca. Did that get said? I, I can't uh, An anonymous I can't scout. I, oh, yeah, you can't yeah. just say it was the oh, Athletic. It was an anonymous scout who told you know, the Athletic. They did a, you know, a coach, <laughs> exec, you know, scout type thing. And they were talking about the defenders that Phoenix has. And it was like, and, and Torrey Craig can guard Luka. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Can he? Can he? Let's talk a little bit about that Suns Pelican series because we saw the Suns struggle a little bit. We haven't, we've not seen the Suns struggle very much this, this season at all. Um, the Suns had a top three defense in the regular season. Uh, and the Pel- in the two losses against the Pelicans, game two and four, the p- defense was awful for the Suns. Like, like so bad you wouldn't even believe it. Game three and six, the defense was also bad. Why did the Suns struggle with the Pelicans so much in the first round? Com- compared to compared to the way that they d- dominated the regular season. Oh, I think some of it is what we were just talking about. They didn't have a great answer for Ingram uh, in some of those games. I mean, he took his game to a, another level. And then actually the Pelicans didn't shoot the ball well. So you'd think like, okay, in a six-game series, maybe the team just got hot. They really didn't. It was Ingram and it was second-chance points. You know, when you're able to mm. get second possessions – through an offensive rebound and then you're just getting a layup on the second shot or a dunk, you know, it's going to inflate your offensive efficiency a little bit. So very bizarre. Like if you go back and look at those box scores, it doesn't make any sense how some of those games <laughs> turned out, but yeah. the Pelicans just fought and Ingram played lights out most of the series and they rebounded the heck out of the ball and they, they just made it a rock fight. And then Booker missing, you know, middle of the series didn't help either. I, I looked at, Actually, coming up next, let's continue talking about that Pelican Sun series that we're so excited to talk about. <laughs> talk about <laughs> An incredible tease from a professional podcaster. <laughs> we'll talk about all that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's a place to get all the best scores and odds and lines and props and everything you need for these series. They have, gentlemen. The Mavs Sun series line up already. Suns are minus 285 favorite. Yesterday, when we did this podcast, or at least the Mavs per- portion of this, it was minus 265. So it's already raised up just a, just a hair, just a little bit, which I think is probably because of uh, a lot of bets on the Suns, which, which I would imagine. But that is already up right now. They had game one up yesterday. They still do. The Suns minus five and a half. It actually went down. It was minus six to start, and now it's gone down a little bit. So if you're feeling if you're feeling good about either of those, go ahead to Bet Online, see what's available. They also have series props and everything. You can check out. Um, you can see total games. Seven games is the leading is the leading one. Plus two hundred. Interesting. Plus or six games is plus two fifteen. Five games is plus two uh, two fifty, and then four games plus five hundred. So if you think it's going four, all the all the Suns fans that are at Locked On Mavs saying Suns in four, put some money down on it. Put your money put your money where your YouTube comments are. You can go check that out on Bet Online. Everything's available. It's Bet Online where the game starts. 
All right, Brennan and Isaac, thanks for making Lockdown Maps and Suns your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast. They have nightly recaps of every NBA game from local experts, including us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. That's Locked On Now. All right, we've been talking about the Pelicans versus Suns series last last round. Uh, what other what other ways did the Suns struggle? Um, we were talking about the defense. What did Brandon Ingram do to make it hard for the Suns? You said he just had an incredible series and just went off. He was guarded by Bridges a lot. So why did he struggle with Brandon Ingram? I think that it's actually a, a fascinating difference between Ingram and Luka, and I think that's one of the things I'm focused on heading into the next round is Ingram oh. is a guy that I think you want to play physically and bump him off of his spots, whereas Luka, I think you want to put length and just get in his pass, get in his, his eye vision, get in his lane, his angle, you know, make sure that he's uncomfortable in that way, whereas they just struggle to put the bodies on Ingram, and especially Bridges just not being, you know, a very big dude, a very physical defender in that same way. And you mentioned Torrey Craig. Uh, I do think he has a place in this series a little more than the last series because he can play a little small ball five, whereas he wasn't Ooh. able to do that when he had Valanchunas yeah. and guys like that on the floor. But he was uh, he was food for Ingram as well, and he, he got DNPs for the last three games of the series. So they just didn't have a great answer. And then the other side, they were cold. I mean, they were cold as ice from deep. They barely squeaked out. You know, games five and six, they made just enough shots. Booker hits that left-wing three at the end of game six to kind of clinch it. They made the shots when they needed to, but you don't feel awesome about their their floor spacing, their offensive flow right now coming out of that series at all. You got to they're going to have to pick that up. I was looking at uh, the two games that New Orleans won in that series and you know the first game that they won they hit 17 threes in that game which is a little against uh what Phoenix allows. Uh, we were talking about some stats yesterday. The Suns are fourth in the league in opponent three-point attempts per game. They only or three-point makes uh in, in a game and they only average around 11 threes for their opponent and so then they hit 17 in that first win i thought was huge i'm like all right is that the ground you know do we have to hit just a ton of threes is that the only way we can beat phoenix but then looking at that second game at new orleans one they shot 42 free throws and now this <laughs> is something that you guys do struggle with as far as fouling people because you're like bottom bottom five bottom six in the league and personal fouls and free throw attempts per game it's just it feels like and this could be just a thing that we watch the mavs all the time it feels like we get haunted by mavericks missed free throws and, you know, Dinwiddie missed, you know, some in this past series. Oh, and game one, you know, they're shooting 70, 79% in the first round Dallas did. <laughs> you want to you want to know one sign that that the Suns don't care about about free throws as much as the Mavericks do. Uh, in the last locked on Suns, I was listening with Brennan and Aaron. They were like, yeah, the, the Suns broadcaster was just going after this referee, like this no name guy that I've never heard about. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go. And he goes. Tyler Ford and I was like, oh uh, my yeah, God. we know ever. I was like, at this point with Luca and this team, we know every referee by name. I and see Tyler Ford. Up Luca a few times. Oh, Tyler the... Ford is one that he Luca. Anytime he steps on the floor, Luca is just at his throat. Not as bad as Tony game. Brothers, but I, I do have a, I do have a question for you, Brendan. One, yeah. I think my biggest question for this entire series is just DeAndre. Could you say it would define the series? I'm not saying it defines the series. Is this DeAndre Ayton versus the Mavs small ball in? Yeah. You know, we, we've seen Dallas, you know, last series, you know, Dwight Powell's minutes went down a lot. I think his minutes will probably go back up because, you know, the pick and roll numbers. I think De- DeAndre Ayton struggles a little bit in defending pick and roll. But it's Dallas has kind of found something with not just having Maxi out there as the small ball five at 16, but even throwing lineups with Dorian Finney Smith out there at the five. Do you think that that can work against DeAndre Ayton or is Ayton so good and has more of an offensive touch than Rudy Gobert 
maybe ever will. Meaning that he does have one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's there. is it is it possible, or do you expect Dallas can DeAndre Ayton take advantage of that? He absolutely can. I think he absolutely will. He took his game to another level in that first round. I mean, he's a guy that last year showed us stuff we had never seen come postseason time. He did that again. I think he's at an even higher level than he was in last year's playoffs. And he absolutely is somebody who is comfortable now. He has a, a just an automatic right hook, right-hand hook. He has a, a turnaround jumper out of the post. He's not somebody who's going to bump you and dunk on your head. That's not his style, but he... He, he's figured it out without that, basically. And um, that said, though, I do think one problem is, are the Suns going to trust the math or the mismatch to just keep going to it? They don't love to do that. And understandably so, when you have better players, the pecking order is sorted out. They're not going to dump it to Aiton in you know two-minute crunch time situation. So that mismatch starts to be less of a factor as the game goes on, I think. You see it very much in the first half, less in the second half. And then I also think there's a difference between who that mismatch is. And to me, Kleba is 1,000% going to be the the guy that I'm most interested in from, from the Mavs because if he can hold up in those situations yeah. enough, then it, I think things change quite a bit. And you can see the Mavs switching, working quite quite well and some of those things you're talking about where Kleba starts a possession on Chris Paul, then he can switch on to eight when they run a pick and roll. And neither one is really a mismatch because Kleba is so versatile. So I think it's going to be fascinating. He can do it against Finney Smith. He can do it against, you know, if it's a guard, obviously. But uh, I don't know if he'll be able to do it. He, we saw him struggle a lot against uh, Nicholas Batum in the conference finals last year, who was a pretty mm. similar mm. body type, similar type of guy to, to Have Kleba, you seen Frank Nilakina play defense? <laughs> Again, in the post, you talk about that January 20th game. Mila Kina had some energy in that game, he, he did, came out and yeah. fouled like three guys on screens <laughs> and whatever. I was like, Oh, Frank, like I forgot what you were like as a player. How, who, how's it going back in who January? has the best Frank in this series, Kaminsky or Nila Kina? Whoa, Kaminsky got cut. Kaminsky's not yeah. on the team anymore. Get, get out of here, oh, Frank. Frank the tank. Oh, you're just you, rubbing it in, rubbing you, dirt. In the you mentioned DeAndre, in the NBA. But, DeAndre but, Ayton I, in the post. I, I was just gonna say, I think that could be one of those things to where if DeAndre Aiden's getting a ton of post touches. Now, he is incredible in the post. You're talking about the right hook. The difference between him going over his right shoulder compared to his left shoulder, it, if he goes to his left shoulder, which is the right hook, it's a 1. 1. 1.7 points per possession, according to Synergy. Goes Jeez. the opposite direction, turns over his right shoulder, it's 0.8. So completely <laughs> different there. So, But he dominates in the post. But I think it's one of those things where if you're Dallas, hey, Keep throwing it to the post. We'll we'll take it. Like if that means Chris Paul and Devin Booker's not getting their shots and their points and stuff, uh, we'll just take those post possessions. And that's why teams are going to switch on the Suns no matter what. Is it's like at the end of the day that the temptation to give it to him in that spot is is the best option of all the things the Suns offense could do. If it's not an open three from the shooters, it's not Booker or Paul, and it's Aiton on a hook like in the NBA yeah. right now. That's a pretty low percentage shot compared to all those other options. So it's probably going to be what we see. And the Mavs have done their their defense has changed so much since that trade, which we'll we'll talk about in the next the next iteration of this pod. We're doing a two parter. This one focused on the Suns. The next one focused on the Mavs. Their defense has changed so much they've become a really really good rotating team. And so if they're going to throw it down to Aiden, best case scenario, he scores in that, but he probably takes up a lot of time. Uh, worst case scenario, he like you know the, the Mavs throw a double at him and then they have to run it throw it around again, and then the Mavs are able to 
uh, they're able to rotate enough, and then that's like a worst case scenario for the Suns. But also in the regular season, we talk about those regular season games not mattering much. Aiton played in the two games that Maxi didn't play, and and Maxi played in the in the game that Aiton didn't play. So we haven't seen that matchup this year at all. That one's definitely going to be an interesting one to look out for. Um, coming up, I want to talk about what the Suns try and force teams to do and ask Brennan about it, see what his insights are uh, on defense. And then we got to talk about the clutch. That was a huge thing for the Suns team. They're incredible in clutch games when it gets down to the wire. Why are they so good in those games, and how can the Mavs stop them from being so good at those? We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet on. Or let me tell you about, I already did that. Let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. Brandon, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? I'm a double chocolate guy. I'm, a, I'm an old Ooh. school, just classic. Yeah. Give me the chocolate. It's oh, yeah. Okay. Double chocolate, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. Have you guys ever had spicy chocolate? Like chocolate yeah. has like Yeah, spicy. like mole or like stuff like that. It's delicious. Oh, yeah. Brandon is a cultured man. He, he knows. <laughs> Uh, you, the built bars are not spicy, but they are very good for you. Go check them out. You can use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. Mint brownies, very solid one. Cherry bar C is great. Raspberry, if you like the little fruit flavor. Peanut butter brownie is a great one as well. Churro puff. The puff has marshmallow in it. I love the puffs. Go check them all out at built.com. Again, promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order at built.com. All right, Isaac. All right, Brendan, let's talk about this Suns defense a little bit because I found something very interesting going through some of the stats and what the Suns defense, at least their scheme, tries to force teams to do. We talk a lot about these these things in the playoffs and let's listen to let me let me walk you through here a little a little bit, Isaac. The Suns are fourth in the NBA in shots allowed at the rim. They don't allow any shots at the rim. Guess who was fifth? The Jazz. Mm. The the Suns were fourth in the NBA in corner threes allowed. They don't allow any corner threes at all. Guess who was guess who was third? The Jazz. Utah. Um, the Suns were 19th in the NBA in non-corner threes. So they're okay with the above the break threes, the like the non-corner threes. Guess who was 18th in that? Utah. Utah. The, the Suns were 29th in the NBA in mid-range shots allowed. So they, they're totally fine with take as many yeah. mid-range shots as you want. Take all the mid-range shots. Guess who was 27th in that stat? Lakers. Utah. <laughs> the, the Utah Jazz. This team, at least schematically, tries to do these same exact same exact things that we saw the, the Utah Jazz try to do. Now, the difference between the Suns and the Jazz is Mikhail Bridges. And I think probably Jay, Crow- Jay Crowder would probably be their best perimeter defender. The Jazz? Chris Paul would be too. I was going to say Chris Paul maybe, maybe Heck, as well. Devin Booker might. They might have four legit guys better on the <laughs> perimeter defense. I mean, in that know. series, it was Daniel House, right? I think everybody in the Sun starting lineup is a better defender than Daniel House. So it's <laughs> yeah. very different. No, yeah. no, no disrespect to the Jazz, but a little. No, 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 no. We can disrespect them. No, we can. No, we, we fully can lean into that. But uh, what is it about, about this scheme? And what do you think will be different from the Suns compared to, to the Jazz? Be- Besides just the like the perimeter defenders that we just kind of all wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what you laid out, right? I mean, the Suns defend the math, right? They they give you the shots that NBA defenses are supposed to quote unquote give up in yeah. in the NBA right now, and uh, they they let you take the ones that are low percentage. I think what's interesting, just thinking about the Suns and maybe your your you know Mavs fan audience not locked into the Suns quite the same way is they are pretty like, you know, they're chameleons, you know, they'll change what they do. And that's part of what a lot of people look at DeAndre Ayton and his stats. And it's like, he doesn't block shots. He doesn't, you know, 
switch all the time like Bam Adebayo or Jaron Jackson? Like, what is he? The answer is he does all of that stuff a little bit. And so, you know, there will be times when when he switches. There will be times when it's a really deep drop in, in the pick and roll and he's out around the rim. There will be times when it's a little bit of a shorter drop to take away some of that mid-range. There will be times when he, you know, hedges or blitzes by getting his feet out on the perimeter and, and making Luca or Brunson give up the ball if, if they want to try that for a bit. He can zone up. Like, they can do everything because of the versatility that Aiton has. So it'll be interesting to see. I think this series will be even more switching than the last one. And... I think, though, the other part that jumps out to me is Brunson and Luke are both perfectly comfortable taking that mid-range shot, you know, and and they can take it and make it. And they both have this weird thing where they'll just go downhill off of a screen. And if the defender drops, they'll just post up at the elbow in the middle of a pick and roll. Like Brunson (laughs) has sort of adopted that from Luca. That's a very Luca thing. But you see Brunson do it, too. And that's an unorthodox thing to do. So, uh I think the Mavs can punish what the Suns try to give up, if, if that answers your question. You're, I think it'll be, you know, math against math a little bit. You're about to see this stack or Spain or whatever you want to call it. It's basically the same <laughs> thing. It's called Spain, but Mavs like to call it stack. You're about to see this stack screen play about a million, million times that <laughs> Luke is going to run that high pick and roll. They're going to bring Reggie or Dorian up to set this back screen on, you know, on DeAndre Ayton's man. And then it's just kind of like this. Hey, let's just trust Luca to make this play there. And and a lot of times it's mid range or it's alley oop to Dwight. Watch Dwight Powell alley oop to start the start the game and to start the second half in game one. Just put it. Where's the bet online odds for that? <laughs> uh, because that's happening. What when it comes to DeAndre Ayton though? What do you think this series could impact like his future with the Suns with just his career that? If they go into the series in Dallas, let's say Dallas, small ball, all this stuff, and he doesn't have the best of series, and it's like, ooh, okay, maybe there's like a ceiling on him. Or what if they go into the series and y'all went in like five, and DeAndre Ayton is a massive reason why you beat you beat Dallas? Do you think this series could have that type of effect on DeAndre Ayton's like entire career? Oh, yeah, this series could be like what Brunson just did with the Jazz, right? I see a lot of similarities between these two series. It's going to be a test, that's for sure. I mean... To me, Aiton's already proven that he's a max player, but I (laughs) I can't speak for that gentleman (laughs) on a variety of topics, frankly. But uh, he, the the versatility stuff I was just talking about, to me, that's that's his case. Like the fact that he can do all those things. But you're exactly right to ask the question. I mean, every series is is a is a question mark. And I mean, frankly, the best way to get your money and to stay where you are in the NBA is to go win a title. Teams don't tend to break it up after that. Um, so if they go all the way, then that'll help a lot. And this series is going to be a big test for them. And he, as as we talked about, has that matchup advantage. So it's it's going to require a big series. But I also look back to the Clippers series. I mean, I, I did say Batum was a little bit of a, of a problem for him. Marcus Morris was a little bit of a problem. The swarming double team stuff that you talked about when they did get, him in, get it into him in the post was its own thing. But... You also look back at the box score, eight and average in that series, 38 minutes a game and 18 points, 14 rebounds and two blocks. Like he was a monster. He yeah. won game four of that series almost single-handedly. He had that alley-oop finish in game two. Mm. Not that that's a great game, but you know he used that advantage in a big moment. He He's seen this before. So I don't think it'll be some sort of test that he's having yeah. to meet, but 
obviously he needs to play really well for the Suns he, to to win this series. He's so he's so dang good. I'm happy for him because of just the whole Luca thing and you know the draft and all that. I think he's he's so he's really really good. I think he could you know look really good in Mavs jersey next year. And but I see why you were asking that. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how Aiden doesn't get any of, I, I, at least I haven't seen any of the flack for, you know, being the guy that got taken ahead of Luca. Because where, he's like, good. It, but it feels like, well, but I'm saying it feels like Trey Young does. Trey Young gets a, a ton yeah. of it. Like, oh, he was the guy that was traded. I'm like, hold on. Like, why doesn't, why doesn't Aiden get it? Trae like, Young obviously... brings it on. That's because that's because DeAndre Aiden's not out there playing villain and then getting, you know, <laughs> yeah. losing in five. I mean, that's, that's true. The, it's because DeAndre's in the, in the desert. It's hot there. He's not cold. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I'm glad we're bringing the Sorry. puns out for this one. <laughs> wouldn't be a wouldn't be a good podcast without. Oh it. man. Um, the uh, what makes the Suns so good in the clutch? Like we've seen the Suns team just be absolutely incredible, and uh, their offense gets like insanely better from the from like the rest of the game to in the clutch. What what is it about this Suns team that makes them so good? We've seen the Mavs get beat three times this year in the clutch by the Suns. What is it about them? Well, the Suns have two options late in games that are better than most teams' best option. Uh, Chris Paul is almost unguardable in the pick and roll unless you have a, a an on-ball defender that's just going to blow up his his normal routine, basically make him uncomfortable. Um, like unless you have somebody like that, he's going to get a pretty good shot for himself or a teammate every single time down. And then if that doesn't work, you have Booker who can you know isolate, run off screens, run his own pick and roll, and then you know. Obviously, the Suns have built out a, a group of role players around that that just fit perfectly. As long as those guys are making shots on the perimeter, and Aiton is is finishing in the ways we've talked about, it's like a it really becomes a picture poison. And they just turn up the intensity. I mean, they're they're crazy late in games. Like you just, it's a switch. You can see it flip, and they're just monsters. They're everywhere. They're turning defense into offense. They're just executing at a really high level. It's they're never going to beat themselves. I mean, they just they aren't yeah. going to do it. That's a big difference between that Jazz series that the, that the Mavs just saw. The Mavs waited around a lot for the Jazz to just beat themselves, and they, and they did. And the Suns are not going to do that in this series. Yeah, and it sucks too because I like I don't dislike the Suns team, you know, like yet, the, yet. Like Utah. Yet. Uh, well, I mean, Chris Paul is you know going to be annoying and pull out some antics and all this stuff, but I, we'll I probably love... start buying the FJ Crowder shirts. <laughs> they're for sale. They're really expensive. I, I don't really love the price point, but they're there for you. Starver's <laughs> like, I gotta get money. Um, <laughs> well, one Jay Jay's you know beloved in Dallas, beast. You know he, mm. he's great. And um, I forgot he played for the Mavs. He's played oh, so many yeah. places. I I lost yeah. track. <laughs> His uh, origin but... story kind of <laughs> begins yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but I love Monty. Um, Monty is yeah. just an amazing human being. And I, I got to connect with him one time in the hallways there at the AAC and just talk about faith and life and everything. And I, it's one of those conversations I'll never forget. But for the Suns, like we know, like you're the favorite. Okay. You're the best team in the league. We know everybody's going to pick the Suns to win this series in five, six, whatever it is. Like most people will. We get it. Why? Why would the Suns lose this series? Like from your perspective, like how how could Dallas win this series? I mean, I think frankly, like it, it's it's going to be close. I, I think if Brunson and you can can't just say like, Luca is a superstar. No, no. I mean that that's the truth, right? But I mean, I was actually talking about this with somebody just uh, the other day when this series got finalized last year in the second round. It was a lot of the same stuff being said about Jokic. Now that team was in a very different spot. Their momentum was a little on the downslope versus the upslope like the Mavs is, but it was like, 
you got to give Denver a couple games and then who knows? And then it was like, nah, the Suns went out and blew them out. So one player can't make that difference. So I fully agree mm. with you. But I think if Brunson can keep playing at the level that he's been at and, and puncture the Suns defense just enough to offset, help Luka out a little bit, and the Suns do struggle with the small ball, if, if the Mavs defense is able to really swarm and, and muck up a lot of what the Suns want to do, just blow up, pick and roll, Double, you know, double eight and in the post, blitz Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Just play that sort of frenetic defensive style. Like we've seen the Suns get get flustered by that a lot. That's their that's their kryptonite. So if the Mavs can kind of turn into that type of team and and do what they need to do on offense like they have been, then I think it's gonna be a series for sure. Go listen to our other episode. We'll probably drop the next episode of this crossover part two tomorrow on our feeds, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Brendan Clean, Locked on Suns. Nick Anks at Isaac Harris, Locked on Mavs. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs, Locked on Suns. Peace out. Boom. Boom.